0: Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from Afri Christ Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the under church uh, often-unriched people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time, and so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. Now, you can also get us directly from the internet at www.africristpodcast.com. You can also get our notes or um, scriptures that we speak in the podcast at impact. Dot com. that is www.prayingwithimpact.com. We are also available to those who would like to listen through uh, some of the most popular platforms uh, on the internet right now. Uh, through Spotify, you can uh, look us up as AfriChrist Podcasts. You can look us up on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Podbean. You can also find us on our YouTube channel. Even on Alexa, you can ask Amazon's Alexa for Africa's podcasts and uh, you will be able to listen to us. Now, whichever platform you do choose, we encourage you, please, to hit the subscribe button because it helps us in our statistics and also in our planning. It's very helpful to us, but it also helps uh, in one of our things that we do, and that is mentioning the countries where we are listening that because our subscribe buttons help us a lot to figure that out. So please do hit subscribe and today, you know, I'll be reading another list of uh, our top uh, download countries and you'll be amazed at what kind of countries they are. Now we are available 24-7 on these platforms, so please listen to us and you will enjoy the Word of God every day, anytime and every hour. And we are here today going to discuss a topic that's going on right now. And this is about the COVID-19. And we're going to see how we can relate the Bible and the things in the Bible and what ways to deal with it, especially dealing with the lockdown that the whole world is going through. So I'm going to try my best to give you so much information, including some uh, scientific uh, research studies that were done, uh, not necessarily on the COVID-19 But rather regarding prayer and scriptures, this will kind of surprise you because uh, this is not something expected. But uh, I'm expecting that it's really going to bless a lot of people because it has blessed me even as I read through it myself. But the first thing I'm going to do is give you some examples in the Bible where things that we are dealing with today were dealt with in the biblical times. And then we're going to try to relate it to what we have right here today in this time. COVID-19 has really changed the way the world looks at different things. The way uh, it shows us how unprepared many countries are with uh, actually most countries with the uh, um, their health systems, and it goes back to service where people or people in politics or in power have not really invested in um, in their people's needs. In other words, the services are lacking. Even those countries which we thought uh, they were well advanced, they never really expected this. But you see, Jesus told us that when that time comes, when the end comes, people will be doing regular stuff and they won't even know Here we have this little bug, this little uh, virus, turning the whole world upside down. It just shows how limited we are as human beings and how much we do need God, even when we don't think we do. I deal with a lot of professional people in the medical field and many of them don't even believe that you can do anything uh, scripturally or spiritually with this kind of thing. This is a virus we can't even see without a microscope, but it's turning everything down. So we are blindly almost going around trying to sanitize everything because we just don't know where um, this virus is. It could be on your doorknob, it could be in your hospitals, it could be on your dentists. a table it could be in your churches and so it's not just the people in politics who are unprepared but even churches okay now say for example churches which did not think it was necessary to go on the internet i remember talking to some pastors and i was telling them to go on facebook live and they looked at it as the devil's way but now they have no choice they are scrambling to do these things as for us here in this ministry, God showed this us a long time ago. We started doing podcasts about 10, 12 years ago when nobody even cared or knew what podcasts were. and we were putting podcasts on um, Apple um, iTunes. And so we have been in this area. And then also, we started our blog about eh, maybe about another 10 years ago. And then another thing that we did our website. And our website has been around that long. But see, that's called Foresight. And uh, one time, Jesus said, uh, I forget what scripture it is, but he did say that, you know, we can tell the weather, we can do this, but we can see the spiritual things coming. And so this has awakened us as Christians. This has awakened us as professional health providers. This has awakened us as politicians. That, listen, we are not able to do everything that we think we can. We need God. And so in this... um, I'm going to try to lay down a foundation of certain things to help you deal with the lockdown that you're finding yourself in. Many people in different parts of the world, they have no choice but to stay where they are. For example, now almost all countries of the world have stopped incoming flights. So you can't fly in, that means you can't fly out. Wherever you are, you are stuck. So this is like really a preview. We better... Have uh, our spiritual ears up and our spiritual eyes open because things are coming towards the end, towards a crescendo. Be ready. Get ready. So now we are seeing that the whole world is at a standstill. People are not even going to work even if they wanted to because, like, say, in the United States, when they saw that the federal government wasn't doing anything about it, governors of states started doing their own thing and saying, No, no work lockdown. Those companies that were wise enough before to let their um, employees have computer systems, uh, laptops or whatever it was that they could work from anywhere, they are ahead because right now their employees are working and they're paying them. But those companies that looked at it as something they didn't have to do, now they're paying a big price for it. A lot of times, we were depending on things like stock market, stock market. Like it was almost like Bible, Bible, Bible. But well, now the stock market is zero. So now what can we do? What are we going to do? We cannot depend on the stock market. We have to depend on God. This is not an indictment of any in one country, or any one political leader, this is us as human beings, all of us. So don't stand out there gleefully looking at this one country or the other. For example, if you look at China, a lot of people looked at China, oh, you know, they're the ones who started this um, uh, virus. It started with them because of the way they do this or the other. It really makes no difference. It would have come from somewhere. It doesn't matter where. See, we got a warning many years ago with Ebola. Ebola was um, mostly in African countries, and people looked at it like, oh, that's an African issue. But you know what? It's amazing that right now, even though their health systems are not as um, advanced as the other countries, they can deal with this much better, those countries which had Ebola, because uh, it's basically almost the same way you fight it, except this one is more deadly and it's more... um, It hides longer, it incubates longer, so you may have it and not know. You may have it and not have symptoms. And so what's happening is that many people are being carriers. This thing is using us as carriers. You are walking around healthy, so you think, but you are an incubator of death. And so we're going to look at some of these things. In the Bible, the Bible had similar things. And now this podcast may be a little long. I don't know how the Holy Spirit is going to do, but I promise, I hope it will be one hour, all this like like usual. But I'm going to read you um, in the book of uh, Leviticus, chapter 13, verse 1. I won't read the whole chapter, but you're going to see that even in biblical times, the things that we are doing, they were already there. They have done them before. In this chapter, you're going to see that at that time, there was what they would call isolation of the lepers. And these lepers were in separate towns, They were put in camps, and the person responsible to it was not the kings, was not the politicians, but guess who it was? It was the priests, because, see, God always wanted to be our king. God wanted us to live under his law. And so the priests were the ones who would check for these infections. So let me start at chapter 13. I'll start maybe, uh, let's get... With verse 1 and it says the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying when a person has on his skin the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot and it turns into a case of leprous disease on his skin then he shall be brought to Aaron, think of this as if going to a lab test or a doctor, okay? But if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days. Now listen to those numbers of days, okay? Seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And if in his eyes the disease is checked and the disease has not spread to the skin, then the priest shall shut him up for another seven days. How many days are those? Fourteen days. And the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And if the disease area has faded and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only an eruption. And he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Clean. So you see, here is cleanliness. They are saying, uh, keep your clothes clean so that the infection doesn't go on again. But now the priest has determined that this is only an eruption on their skin. And if the eruption has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous disease. Raw flesh is unclean. For it is a leprous disease. But if the raw flesh recovers and turns white again, then he shall come to the priest and the priest shall examine him. And if the disease has, has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce the diseased person clean. He is clean. Okay, now I want you to see this. There's a responsibility of the person because he has to come back every time he sees changes in his skin. He comes back to the priest to be examined. Why does the priest examine him? Because he's seeing the changing, or what they call the etiology of the medic- of the uh, um, of this uh, of the disease, to see where it is or how it's advancing. And if it advances in those days, then he shall be put in what they call a leper's camp, and that is the distancing. And one of the other things that they told them to do in order to identify them, they had to wear torn clothes. So when every place that this person would walk, they would say, oh, that's a leper, and then people would keep away. In fact you may remember that um one of these guys came to Jesus but he had to announce that he's leprous. Okay, he was he had his tattered clothes and he would announce unclean, unclean, give way for the unclean, 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 give way for the unclean. Then people would know that this guy's leprous coming and they would be out of the way. And that's what we are calling social distancing today. And so you see, in the Bible, it was already there, social distancing. It's not a new thing. And then also, as you can see, they knew the incubation period because they went in a multiples of seven. First, they did it in one week. Of course, they didn't have the tests as we did today, where they would take blood tests. But instead, the priest, he knew. He had been anointed. He had been uh, trained to know how this infection would proceed, and so he would um, take seven days and then try another seven days. But in between, as you saw in the scripture, the person who is sick themselves had a responsibility, and they would have if they see changes in their skin, they would come back to the priest, and then the priest would examine them again. So, if you read uh, that Leviticus chapter 13, you're gonna see that all these things that we are doing today, albeit they were done a little differently. That's what we are doing. That's what uh, social distancing is all about. And it helps the society to be protected from those who are sick and who are ill. Now, they may have been a little uh, crude in those days because this poor guy, he would be pointed out and every place he would go, he would shout first and say, unclean, unclean, give way for the unclean. But here today, actually, actually that's much better because today someone can have a sickness or an illness that's very infectious like uh, uh, um, corona's uh, sickness, and uh, there would be coughing on everybody in every place, and you would know, so you would see that's what has happened in Italy, that's what has happened in all these places. Now, those countries which were prepared, for example, Malaysia, which has an. Excellent health system that they invested so much. Indonesia, Malaysia, those countries, they invested a lot in their health systems. I was listening to one of those ministers, I think it was Minister of Health for Indonesia, and he said that they went to China once they realized that they were having this problem and they got the genome of the virus. And once they got that, they took it to Indonesia, the information, not the virus itself, but the information to Indonesia, they studied it, and then they started isolating. They started doing uh, projections of how it could happen in their own country. And they started right away to test everyone. And they did it. And they did it. Uh, and so the, instead of making it political, they realized that we have one common enemy here. And so that's what um, was happening in the ch- with the children of Israel at that time in, um, when the lepers were uh, supposed to announce who they were so that the people... Would keep a distance away from them, but now for us in most countries now of the world, they had to legislate this. China went head on with this thing. Forget the merits or the merits of how they did it, but they went on. They went on lockdown. They went at a whole city. At first, it looked like it was a joke, but they did it. They locked down that whole city. Stay inside. Everyone had to take social responsibility, stay inside. And really, they stemmed the attack of this thing. But all these things were there in the Bible. So we're going to see that um, the Bible has all this prepared for us. If only we would get wise. So where did we miss it? We have this, you know, isolation. We have all these things done. How come we did not? Do we take the Bible seriously? We just think that it ends in church on the seventh day, on the seventh day of the week, whichever that day is for you. Some it's Saturday, some it's Friday, some it's uh, Sunday. And then as soon as we come out of church, then that's, you know, it's done. But that's not the way the Lord meant to teach us. He wants us to read his word so that we can interface it with what we are doing or what's going on in the world today. Now, I want to talk about another um, lockdown that happened in the book uh, of Exodus uh, just before the uh, children of Israel were delivered from um, the Pharaoh in Egypt. That In the book of Exodus, we see where there was um, a lockdown uh, that was instituted by God. And this lockdown uh, was preceded by another um Miracle that took place over the land of Egypt. And this is the plague of locusts. And we've seen um, this going on around the world in some warmer climates where um, plagues of locusts have just eaten all, you know, have flown all over the countries and they were were caught unawares. It's like no one ever saw them multiply or never saw the larvae for some reason. And these uh, locusts just swarmed all over these countries. And then... Suddenly they disappeared and nobody took any note of it. It's like nothing happened. And this plague of locusts preceded what we are seeing today, which is a lockdown uh, based on coronas. But before that, let me read you this in the Bible. It's very interesting. You can make what you want out of it. But as you can see, that these things, nothing that is happening today. Has not happened before, but still people did not take heed at the time. The pharaoh was very stubborn, and he refused to see it as a warning from God of what he was going to do. So I'm going to read uh, Exodus chapter ten, verse one, and then the Lord said to Moses, "Return to the pharaoh and make your demands again." I have made him and his officials stubborn, so I can display my miraculous signs among them. I've also done it so you can tell your children and children's children about how I made a mockery of the Egyptians and about the signs I displayed among them. And so you will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord said. The God of the Hebrews says, how long will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so that they can worship me. If you refuse, watch out, for tomorrow I'll bring a swarm of locusts on your country. They will cover the land so that you won't be able to see the ground. They'll devour what little is left of your crops after the hailstorm including all the trees growing in the fields. They will overrun your palaces and the homes of your officials and all the houses in Egypt. Never in the history of Egypt have your ancestors seen a plague like this one. And with that, Moses turned and left the Pharaoh. So you see here, God warned the Egyptians and he told them that you're going to see locusts and they're going to eat everything. Recently, we've seen that happen in some nations of the world. It's also amazing. That even in some temperate regions of the world, the locust did show up. So, God has shown us so many different signs, and what, whatever we are seeing today, it happened before. So, now let me read you about the lockdown that I was talking about. And this is a lockdown where the firstborn of the Egyptians was killed, but that of the uh, children of Israel, the angel of death did not strike anyone in their household. And the reason was God wanted a sign for them, for the angel to see when he got to the uh, home of the Israelites. That's the blood of the lamb that they had killed to eat during the lockdown that night. And so I'm going to read that in chapter 11 of Exodus. It says, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, I'll strike the Pharaoh and the land of Egypt with one more blow. After that, Pharaoh will let you leave this country. In fact, he will be so eager to get rid of you that he will force you all to leave. Tell all the Israelite men and women to ask their Egyptian neighbors for articles of silver and gold. Now the Lord had caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the people of Israel. And Moses was considered a very great man in the land of Egypt, respected by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. Moses announced to the Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, at midnight tonight, I'll pass." Through the heart of Egypt, all the firstborn sons will die in every family in Egypt. From the oldest son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the oldest son of his lowliest servant who grinds the flour. Even the firstborn of all the livestock will die. Then a loud wail will rise throughout the land of Egypt, a wail like no one has heard before or will ever hear again. But among the Israelites, it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. All the officials of Egypt will run to me and fall to the ground before me. Please leave. They will beg. Hurry and take all your followers with you. Only then will I go. Then, burning with anger, Moses left the Pharaoh. Now, the Lord had told Moses earlier, Pharaoh will not listen to you. But then, I'll do even more mighty miracles in the land of Egypt. And this is when uh, the Passover was instituted for the children of Israel. Now, let me read you finally an Exodus verse tw- chapter 12, verse 7. So this is how God instructed to make a marker on their homes. He said, They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad and greens and bread made with without yeast. Now, verse 11 says, These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I'll pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn and firstborn male in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. I want you to understand that the things of the Old Testament are shadows of the things of the New Testament. Some people do not understand the uh, difference, but there is a transition. Uh, the Jesus came and he fulfilled what was in the Old Testament, and that is the new covenant as we know it. Now, one thing what you also need to understand is this, that fulfillment of the Old Covenant does not erase what happened or the symbolisms of the Old uh, Covenant or the Old Testament. But those symbolisms now are all... Put together, and they were put into Jesus Christ. That's why in the New Testament we do not kill animals and and use their blood, instead because that's the corruptible blood. As we have seen before in the book of Peter, uh, in the New Testament, he talks about the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. And so now everything that happened in the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament. And so that is where you see the blood of Jesus. That's why you hear people who know about the blood of Jesus. They say, I plead the blood of Jesus, because Jesus fulfilled what the children of Israel used to do themselves. But now we can call upon the name of Jesus, call upon the blood of Jesus just by name, because the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And our confessions... um, just the confessing of the blood of Jesus. And so these plagues that come our way, we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Because in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The testimony is what we as Christians create By our walk, by our actions, by our praise, by our worship, that is our testimony. But the blood of the Lamb was done by Jesus Christ. That's that's why the Bible says that the Lamb that was slain, that's who Jesus is, the Lamb that was slain. He's the representation of that. And so today when we see these things happening, like the coronas and whatever it is, if we plead the blood of Jesus over our household We are supposed to get a Passover of this angel of death. That may be controversial to some, but let me tell you faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we walk by faith, not by sight. We have to believe what the Bible says. Okay? So that's the. That's the kind of lockdown that was instituted for the children of Israel. And it's very interesting that today the whole world is on lockdown, as we, got, we are going to see throughout this podcast. Now, like I said before, this is a long podcast, but those who stay in, they will be blessed by what is in this podcast. Because you know what? We have to learn to interface the Word of God with what's happening in our lives today. A lot of people, including Christians, have no idea how to do that. The Holy Spirit, as we shall see later on at the end of the podcast, He is the one who can teach us and show us that this works, at this hour, at this time. As we can see, there's wailing all over the world. All over the world. Nothing. Nothing. No country. No country is left untouched because we are all holding back the faith into our lord jesus christ we are all holding back as nations as even those that say they are christian nations we god is saying let my people go to worship me he's saying to the world to the things of the world that we have made gods let my people go to worship me so in this lockdown it's going to be different but you have to understand. man. So we shall continue with this as we go on. Now, um, I want to show you also another time when there was isolation on a spiritual level. And this is going to help you when you're on your lockdown. So from now on, I'm not really discussing the disease or the merits or demerits of the way we have been fighting it. But instead, I'm assuming that everybody is in lockdown. We have to take social responsibility and listen to the authorities wherever they are and be on lockdown. But while you are on lockdown, other than just eating, remember the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so basically, you're going to be out there with your family or by yourself and all you have is the word of God and your TV or radio or whatever it is, okay? So now I'm going to approach this from the Word of God point of view. And I want to help you so that during this lockdown, you will uh, help yourself and your family to be stronger in the Lord to fight this thing, okay? Sometimes it looks like it's an impending doom. So if you're in lockdown and you have this illness, you think you're going to die. But, you know, as we know, Actually, most of the people, 80% do recover. Now, even if you think that you are at the worst of it, God can heal you. And so I want to encourage everyone, this is not a death sentence, okay? No different than how it used to be for TB. TB long time ago used to be a death sentence and they used to call it consumption because it consumes you. AIDS used to be a death sentence, but all those sicknesses now are manageable. It is a stressful Situation, and so there are things that happen in your body when you're under stress, even if you are not ill from this sickness, you may get um, mentally um, ill in the sense that, say, you're by yourself and you don't have anyone to reach out to you, or you can reach out to not even on the phone, and you just want to, you know, you get into a depression and my thing is do not get into depression and it's possible to be depressed. So let us boost our immunity using the word of God. Let us boost our immunity uh, with things that really do work. The things that you have. Right now, we don't have anything but God and God has shown us that if this one little virus can turn us upside down, how much more those things that are in the book of Revelation if they do happen because in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that things will be happening so much that people would wish that mountains would cover them to kill them, but then those mountains won't do it. So instead of being in such a situation, let us look at the scriptures here where there was a lockdown or where there was a separation. One of the most interesting things is that even during Jesus' time, there was a time of isolation. For example, if we look at uh, when Jesus was about to be crucified, he took three of his disciples and told them, Come with me. And they went to the uh, mountain, uh, Mount of Olives to pray. Jesus went with them. And this is in uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, And it says, And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place... he he said to them pray that you may not enter into temptation and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away knelt down and prayed saying father if you are willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not mine but your will be done and so as you can see here, he separated, he pulled the disciples away and brought them to this Mount of Olives where he usually prayed because he saw the impending crucifixion. But as a person, as a human being at this point, he, it was too much for him so he separated some of his disciples and brought them let us get away from these um for everybody else let us go and pray this is a place like the bible says where he usually would go to pray that he was praying and he was sweating and it was like great uh, drops of blood falling down on the ground and when he rose from prayer he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow and he said to them Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So you see here, he had brought these disciples with him to pray with him, but they went to sleep. During this isolation, do not go to sleep. And I'm not just meaning literally, but yes, it could be so. But don't go to sleep. Pull the word of God out. Pray, read the Word of God. You know, it's amazing that those of us who never had time to pray, now it's like, okay, what else? Okay, now I want you to think about this. We have 168 hours in a week, and we never even would give God a minute of prayer, three minutes of prayer. One time, a long time ago, a study was done, and it was found that people who preach the gospel, ministers of the gospel, pastors, priests, or whoever, They would only spend three minutes a day in prayer with God. And then they would be going out there to preach the word of God to people. Now, guess what? You cannot even go to the church. You have to stay home. Now we are all in lockdown. What are you going to do? This is a time for you to go and seek the Lord. This is a time for you to pray. This is a time not to be on TV because out there, corona is waiting. TV, it's good to listen to what the leaders are saying, radio or whatever, but corona is waiting out there. So you may as well boost up your immune system, your spiritual immune system and be bathed into the word of God. Be bathed in prayer. I mean, they are giving us 7 to 14 days, okay? So now do that. Look what they did in China. They gave them 50 days lockdown. 50 days lockdown while they did everything. They built hospitals. But now we can learn from them that the lockdown could be long. It could be two months. What are you going to do? We need to go back to prayer. Whether we like it or not now, we are bound and locked down, okay? I want to read you another time of lockdown, okay, or what happened um, in the Bible. This is in the book of Acts, and this is after Jesus had died and resurrected, and his disciples were preaching the gospel. They were all excited. They had seen him come back to life, but now they were in prison. They were being persecuted. And uh, so here we have the story uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, Uh, Let's uh, go to verse 12, and it says, About that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers, to guard him intending after the passover to bring him out to the people so peter was kept in prison but earnest prayer for him was made to god by the church peter was locked down but the church instead of scattering and the church was small by the way it wasn't like a whole huge mega churches it was a small group of people a band of people who had seen Jesus and they and they were empowered to go and preach the gospel despite the persecution. But now here is one of their leaders, one who worked with Jesus, was in prison. And he was going to be killed because this the only thing he had, it was during the Passover time. And so they had killed James, the brother of John. So Peter was next. Now, verse 6 says this. Now, Herod was about to bring him out. On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands and the angel said to him, dress yourself and put your sandals on. He did so and he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord and they went out and went along one street immediately the angel left him when peter came uh, to himself he said now i am sure that the lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of herod from all that the jewish people were expecting here was peter's lockdown this was peter's coronas he was going to be killed the sentence had been passed this man was just waiting out this was the incubation period of peter's coronas he was going to be killed but the bible says that that very night an angel came and stood by him i want you to watch a few things here the angel stood by him and he told him follow me we have to follow the instructions of the holy spirit we have to follow the instructions of god's messenger The Holy Spirit in this case. And so follow him. He will guide you. He will show you what to do. He will show you everything to do. Even what to sanitize. Okay, your doorknobs, whatever it may be, things that may seem natural, because remember what he said? Peter did not know what was going on. He thought he was in a vision, but no, this was a natural situation. And he was, the angel told him, put your clothes on. Now I want you to notice something else. Once he got him out there, he left him. In other words, now Peter had to use his senses to do what he needed to do. But the first thing Peter did, he said, now I know that God freed me. Now, I want you to take note of a scripture here uh, which uh, relates to this. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 2, it says, I'll go before you and level the exalted places. I'll break to pieces the doors of bronze and Cut through the bars of iron. So right now, when that angel came to Peter, the angel was fulfilling the word of God in Isaiah forty-five. Too. Let's go back just a little bit to the angel. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side. Okay, now if we go back down here on verse 10, it says, When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city it opened uh, for them on its own accord and they went out along the street okay now look at this we talk about automatic doors you know if you go to the hospital now or store, right now we have these automatic doors this was the beginning of automatic doors okay because it says it opened on their own accord the angel didn't even need to touch it the door just opened the bible says nothing has happened that has not happened before Even these electric doors that we thought we invented, they were there already. We just didn't know how to do it. When we invented electricity, then uh, years later we learned that, oh, we could use it to open our doors. That was happening. But God had done it before. Even the drugs that would take off the coronavirus, they are already there. We just need to pray for wisdom for our scientists to really pin it down because you know like i told you before tb was supposed to be terminal but no the cure was already there but we just didn't know what it was aids we, don't, we didn't know that you, we could combat those viruses now companies like gilead you know it's amazing that one of the most prominent companies uh of for aids drugs is called gilead like the bomb of Gilead, okay? And that company is at the forefront of um, inventing or um, developing um, antivirals for AIDS. Those things were already there. God knew they were there. The chemical formula was there. We didn't have it pinned down. By the way, let me digress a little bit here. See, what's happening is why we, the word novel here means it's new. It's a new, uh, it's a new virus. But really, to God, nothing is new. Okay, this virus has been around. It just had not been in our system, the human, in the human system. It was there in the animal kingdom. It just didn't infect us. So our bodies do not have an immune system uh, that can respond to it. See, this is what happens. This is how awesome God is, okay? When we are invaded by a virus or any foreign body in our bodies, if this has been around before, the cells know what to do. So what viruses do, they enter into your cell. Because they can only survive if they enter into your cells and start using your cell to multiply. They use what, what's in your cell, the DNA, they basically feed on your cells. They are pests. You know, they feed on your cell to multiply. But what happens is if we if we've never had this illness before or this invasion before in our bodies, the cells don't know what to do. But this is how God created this, okay? Once this cell enters And once you put it in your mouth, they go on the back of your throat. Usually this is where they thrive and they start multiplying. What they do is they go into the cells. They penetrate one of your cells and start using its DNA to start to multiply. RNA, I don't want to go into the scientific thing, but I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So what happens is they go in there and they start multiplying. This cell does not know how to deal with it. But the way God created our cells is that the cells, the neighboring cells... It's like they have this mirror with each other. They know basically. It's like a neighborhood watch, as we call it. You know, you know who is in your neighborhood. So these other cells have seen something going to the other cell. It's like a mirror image, and so they they have a mirror and they take a picture of it and then they report to their own uh, DNA that something like this is happening. So now when that virus multiplies and tries to get out of the other cell that is infected, when it comes to this uninfected cell that saw the picture of what was happening inside the other cell, it starts to produce warlords or soldiers to fight it. You know, those T cells, they're called T cells. But see... It doesn't really know... Because they have never fought this guy... Say for example you come out with spears, and this guy is coming with a gun, so you don't know how to fight him, you don't know how to defend yourself. But as time goes on, the cells also figure out, okay, this guy is coming with a a bullet, so we need a bulletproof vest. Then they develop the bulletproof vest, and then they start fighting, and then they pass on that information to the next cell around it. And then that cell, so when that cell is attacked, and some of these first cells, they may even die, they will be killed, because Actually, what your body does, it tries to kill the infected cell so that there's no more multiplication. And so what happens is now the mirror image is being formed. Now the other cells become more and more knowledgeable about what's is, what is in us. And so what's happening in this case, the next cell better protects itself than the previous cell that's how our immunity builds up and it keeps building up and it keeps building up so that now there's a standing array of soldiers who are waiting to to attack the enemy. But see, many times, because this is new, it overwhelms us and especially the older people whose cells are, do not um multiply the t cells do not multiply as fast as it should you know the uh, um, antibodies are not multiplying as fast as they should so they are overwhelmed and then they're taken but it's the same process whether you're young or old that's why the young people should not just play around with this because for some reason if your immune system is compromised if you have diabetes or other things. That's what's going to happen. Guess what? That's what happens in the spiritual realm also. If you don't have the word of God, if you don't have the word to protect you, you don't know how to fight back in the spiritual realm, then what's going to happen is the enemy is going to attack you and you don't know what to use. See, the Bible says that they, they in the book of Revelation, that they destroyed him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. But if you have no testimony of the word of God in you, then you don't know how to fight Satan. You don't know how to fight this enemy in the different areas. Okay, now you're going to say, well, what what has that got to do with my physical body? A lot. If you have the word of God that's cheering Mm -hmm. your spirit up and you're all getting excited, I'm just using this, you know, facetiously, Uh, You're learning the word of God. You get all excited and you're learning different things. You know, the Bible says that laughter is like medicine. Let's say, for example, uh, Psalm 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So you start to worship, you start to worship, you start to look for things that make you happy because the Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad in it. And then you read another psalm. It says that, hey, a, a happy heart is like medicine. You know, when you're happy, it's like medicine to you. And so when you know this word, when this word is loaded in you, you remember it. You start to meditate on it. You start to sing and worship the Lord. Well, what does that do? What does that do to you? Well, here, I'm reading from Psych Central. You can find that on the internet, psychcentral.com. And in here, there's uh, uh, an article which says, How does mood affect our immunity? And I'm going to read just a few things here. It says, we are slowly beginning to unravel the complex interaction between mental and physical health. Researchers have found a wealth of evidence that positive emotions can enhance the immune system, while negative emotions can upset it. For example, individuals can take up to a year to recover uh, a healthy immune system following the death of a spouse, And long-term caregivers have suppressed immune systems compared with persons in the general population. What does that mean? If you've been taking care of someone is sick, a child or spouse or whoever, and it takes you a long, you know, long time, you're always worried about them, your immune system gets, uh, you know, suppressed. Studies on survivors of sexual abuse and dogs with post-traumatic stress disorder suggest they have elevated levels of stress hormones, as do students at exam times. In these groups of people and others experiencing loneliness, anger, trauma, and relationship problems, infections last longer and wounds take longer to heal. However, having fun with friends and family seems to have opposite effect on our immune systems. Social contact and laughter have measurable effect for several hours. Relaxation through massage or Listening to music also reduces stress hormones. So you see, there are physical things that we can do. And the Bible, like I just quoted you, says that, hey, laughter is like medicine. But see, if you didn't read that in the Bible, you wouldn't know it. You have to have the word loaded. And these seem like simple things, but they do affect your immune system. So as you read the Bible, you get encouraged, you get to see hope, for your uh, uh, spirit, for your soul, then your immune system improves. So these things do work. And the Bible is chock full of those things that would encourage your spirit to be uh, uh, at a level where your immune system is built up. Okay. Now, during this lockdown, let me tell you something else that really works. And now this may surprise a few people because sometimes... People look down on it, and even within the Christian community. And I'm talking about speaking in tongues. Because a study that was done with scans of the brains of the people in it, and I'll read you that study, it really does work. Okay? But before that, let me read you this. We are going to read Acts chapter 1. the kingdom of God, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with the water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, I want you to notice he said, Do not depart from Jerusalem, lock down, you are locked down in Jerusalem, do not depart from Jerusalem. That's Jesus' instructions. Your governor may be telling you, the president or whoever, do not leave your city. Do not leave your village. Do not leave your town. Stay in your home. Lockdown. down. Jesus had these people locked down with a promise. Okay. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? See, these were political people. They were always looking into the politics of things. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In other words, your lockdown is temporary, but you go in there, you will see what would happen. You will be given power. Lockdown will give you power, my friend. Stay in lockdown, use it wisely, come close together, talk to the people you are with. If your family and and you have not been getting along, this is the time to make amends. This is the time to talk to one another. This is the time for all of you together to go unto the word of God, to go into prayer. Now, don't expect, you know, I don't expect everybody to be like praying for hours and hours. No, just a simple prayer. Go talk, you know, If you've never prayed over a meal, this time pray and thank God for the meal. Because you know what? Some people may not get a meal in a few days because they didn't have the money to stock up. You may have stocked up, okay? So now, here Jesus is telling them that if you go in Jerusalem and don't leave, you will be my witnesses because you'll be given power to do that. The lockdown will come to an end. Okay, verse 9 says, And when he had said these things... As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of sight. And while they were gazing into heaven and went, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you in heaven, will come in the same way as you've seen him going to heaven. Listen, guys, the days of Jesus coming back are close by. The same way they saw him going, we are about to see him come, okay? And he's going to come in ways that we never expect. We never expect. Just like this lockdown, we didn't know it would come this way. We were all waiting for the Third World War. We were all thinking in those terms. But instead, a bug has come and has locked down the whole world from east to west, from south to, to north, rich and poor. Every country is locked down now. It makes no difference how much money Bill Gates has, he is locked down. Okay, it makes no difference what Jeff Bozos has, he is locked down. It doesn't matter how poor the little kid in India, Africa, wherever, South America. America, in the mountains, whatever it is, in the Appalachian Mountains, it doesn't matter how poor those people are. They are locked down. It doesn't matter how rich you were. You are locked down. Okay? Whether you're in Canada, you are locked down. It doesn't matter where you are. Okay? So now, this is what God is telling us. This is what Jesus is telling them, that if you are in that lockdown and you stay in Jerusalem and you listen to me, you'll be given power. And when you come out of that lockdown, you will be my witnesses. Verse 12 says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when, and when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying peter and john james and andrew philip and thomas bartholomew and matthew james and the son uh, the son of alpheus simon the zealot and judas the son of james all these with one accord were devoting themselves to what? To prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. That's Jesus' brothers, okay? They were all in this one room. They were in Jerusalem, and they were in one accord. Let me tell you the difference between being in one accord and being in unity, You can be in unity logistically together in one room, but if your spirit is not together, you are not in one accord. So to be in one accord, it means in spirit. Right now, you can be in one accord with someone very far away, but you can only call them. This is where we have to know the importance of being in one accord. We don't have to be in close proximity physically. Uh, Verse 14, All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, when they were in one accord, as we know in the Bible, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon them. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit came upon these uh, disciples and decided to speak in tongues. And then I'm going to show you or read you a study that was done at the University of Pennsylvania about speaking in tongues. Let's start with the Bible. The Bible says in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2... On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Remember, Jesus had told them not to leave Jerusalem to be together. Okay, and we have seen that they were all in one accord. Verse two. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, I want you to understand that because that verse right there is going to be very important in the study that I'm going to read you. As the Holy Spirit gave them ability. At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by these believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, those people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthias, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they just drunk. That's all. So you can see that even at that time they were ridiculed. But I want you to notice one thing. Of all those nationalities mentioned, there were Africans, there were Europeans, there were Asians, but they could hear each one, their languages being spoken. In other words, that's what we call speaking in tongues. And I know today that speaking in tongues is ridiculed by a lot of people because they don't understand. Um, Because many things of God that we don't understand, many times we make fun of them. So, I want to read you a study that was done at the University of Pennsylvania. University of Pennsylvania is a big university in the United States, and it's one of those Ivy League universities, otherwise called UPenn. And this study was published in the New York Times on November 7, 2006, so you can go look for it, okay? It was uh, titled, A Neuroscientific Look at Speaking in Tongues. So for the skeptics, or the scientists, or those who doubt speaking in tongues, here is initial scientific study of this thing that was done with scans of the brains and that verse that I just told you in the book of Acts which says that um, as the Holy Spirit enabled them as we have seen in verse 3 it says then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them and verse 4 says and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit what gave them this ability, okay? So now you can see what I am talking about in this study that I'm going to read to you. And it's a very short study, but it's uh, very uh, eye-opening, okay? So now it goes like this. It's in the New York Times. You can look it up. Uh, it was um, published on November seventh, two 2006, and it's titled a neuroscientific look at speaking in tongues. Actually, I've seen a video of this. You can look it up in YouTube as well. So I'm going to start reading. The passionate, sometimes rhythmic language-like patter that pours forth from religious people who speak in tongues, quote unquote, reflects the state of mental possession, many of them say. Now they have some neuroscience to back them up. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking, willful part of the brain through which people control what they do, were relatively quiet as well as the language centers. In other words, they had no control of this. They are not the ones who are controlling it because those frontal lobes which control our speech, like now I'm speaking to you, my frontal lobe is the one controlling my speech and so my frontal lobe right now is very busy and if they had to they were scanning my brain at this point you would see it very very busy because it's controlling my speech okay the regions involved in maintaining self-conscious were active in other words these people were not unconscious they knew what they were doing If they were sitting down, they knew they were sitting down. If they were laying down, they knew they were laying down. They were not just passive out there, you know. So they were not zombies. And so we see that their consciousness, the part of the brain was active. So when they scanned it, they saw that this was an active part. The women were not in blind trances. And it was unclear which region was driving their behavior. The images appearing in the current issue of, ju- of the Journal of Psychiatry Research. Neuroimaging pinpoint the most active areas of the brain. The images are the first of their kind taken during their spoken religious practice, which has roots in the Old and New Testament and in Pentecostal churches established in the early 1900s. The women in the study were healthy, active church goers. The amazing thing was how images supported the people's interpretation of what was happening, said Dr. Andrew Newberg, the leader of the study team. The way they describe it and what they believe is that God is talking through them, he said. Dr. Newberg is also the co-author of why we believe what we believe. In the study, The researchers used imaging techniques to track changes in each woman's brain in two conditions. Once as she sang a gospel song and again while she was speaking in tongues. By comparing the patterns created by these two emotional devotional activities, the researchers could pinpoint blood flow peaks and valleys unique to speaking in tongues. Miss Morgan, a co-author of the study, was also a research subject. She is a born-again Christian who says she considers the ability to speak in tongues a gift. You are aware of your surroundings, she says. You are not really out of control, but you have no control over what's happening. You are just flowing. You are in a realm of peace and comfort and it's, fantastic feeling. it's a fantastic feeling. Contrary to what may be common perception, studies suggest that the people who speak in tongues rarely suffer from mental problems. A recent study of nearly 1,000 evangelical Christians in England found that those who engaged in the practice were more emotionally stable than those who did not. Researchers have identified at least two forms of practice one ecstatic and frenzied and the other subdued and nearly silent. The new findings contrast sharply with the images taken of other spiritually inspired mental states like meditation, which is often a highly focused mental exercise, activating the frontal lobes. So as you can see, speaking in tongues is different from meditation because the frontal lobes from meditation are still active. In other words, the person is in control of meditation, okay? The scans also showed a deep in the activity of the region of the left caudate The findings from the frontal lobes are very clear and make sense, but the caudate is usually active when you have... Positive effect, pleasure, positive emotions. The codet is also involved in motor emotional control, Dr. Newberg said. So this is just part of the study. You can finish the whole study, but what I'm trying to show you here is this: that these speaking in tongues, these people, they could not find out who controlled their speech, because the speech centers were dormant; they were not active. So it's not their usual speech. Someone else was controlling that speech. I dare say it's the Holy Spirit controlling and they cannot trace how this Holy Spirit controls the speech when he starts to speak because man cannot monitor the Spirit with instruments it's impossible this is a spiritual realm that man Cannot understand many times. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to explain things to us. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to explain the Bible. You cannot just read the Bible like a literature piece and expect it to be uh, explained to you. That's why many times people people can't understand uh, things of the Bible. On one of the uh, WhatsApp groups that I'm on with people who are really very educated in certain areas and different areas, people of my, form, you know, my alma mater, we had a discussion about good and evil, and someone started bringing in things about uh, the uh, the Greek uh, philosophers and stuff like that. Sometimes those things, you can't explain them because they are not human wisdom. The Bible says that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. When you fear the Lord, and it's not this fear that God is going to beat me up. No, the fear as in terms of uh, respect and hollow, that kind of thing. Like say, if I say uh, the fear of the presidency, it doesn't mean that you're thinking the president is going to kill you. No, there's that our uh, expectation of us to respect the office of the presidency. So this is the same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And if you do not have the fear of the Lord... There is no way you are going to understand these spiritual things because the things of the Spirit are from the Spirit of God. You cannot understand them. That's why I admonish you in this lockdown ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you like the disciples. Stay in, let this be your Jerusalem. Let it be the time when you are locked down. Okay? Not because you are a leper, not because you have corona, but be crowned by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be crowned by Jesus. Be crowned by the Father. Be crowned by the Trinity. So stay locked down and go before Him and ask Him. And when that Holy Spirit comes to you, just like it was for the disciples, He says that, power will come over you. There's a power that you cannot understand. There's a power that will come to you in your prayer life that you will start praying with impact, that your prayers don't have to be 10 days long, 15 minutes long, one minute long. Whatever God decides to do, it will be so powerful. Brother, sister, my friend, I have seen it. When you start praying with impact, that's the core of this ministry. We want to help you to pray with impact. Look at those studies, okay? I myself am a man of science, But let me tell you something. There's something about the Holy Spirit that empowers you to be empowered to pray and to do things that you normally wouldn't do. To believe what you normally wouldn't believe. Remember what it said about Peter? He didn't know what was taking place. This angel just came and stood by him. He he thought he was in a vision. That's what's going to happen to you, my friend. Things will be happening around you. You will be thinking, "Ah, this can't be so. This can't be true. But God is Going to be might, do mighty things around you when he separates you, when he isolates you, when he uh, locks you down. This lockdown is of the whole world. The whole world is being locked down by a little bug, and. Many people, including church people, are going to miss it. We are supposed to be a people who understand what the Holy Spirit does. This is the time to open our eyes and understand there is a God in heaven. There is a God of power. There is a God who will empower your prayer. Listen to me, my friend. There is nothing greater than having the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, causing you to do things that you never Thought you could do, protecting you against sickness and disease. The blood of Jesus will protect you. You will understand what it means about the blood of Jesus. I have done a study on the human blood and compared it with the functionalities and the functions of the blood of Jesus. In the spiritual realm. And they are like mirror images of each other. There is protection. There is feeding. There is circulation. A church uh, without the blood of Jesus is nothing. Okay. You have to believe. That's why the Bible says in the book of Revelation. They defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. This is our testimony. The Christian testimony. Okay. So now I encourage you in this lockdown. Don't feel locked out. You are inside because it's Jesus told them, go, do not leave Jerusalem. Let this be your Jerusalem. Let this be your upper room. And then my friend, you're going to see miracles happening. Okay. I know it's been long, but hey, the lockdown is longer. (laughs) So if you think this is long, you wait. The lockdown is going to be longer. Go into the Word, Pray constantly. When you come out of this lockdown, you'll be different you'll be imbued with power. You'll have a powerful uh, spirit that has been buffeted by the Holy Spirit. God knows exactly what's taking place. But as the Bible says, let he who have ears listen. He'll hear your prayer and your cry. If at this time you have this infection, we will pray that you are cleared. But not just coronas, but any kind of infection even spiritual infection, where the enemy has entered into you and caused things to happen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. You have listened to our cries. We are locked down at this time. The whole world is locked down. Father, you have shown us how powerful the things of the world can become, things that we can't see. If a little virus that we can't see can lock down, the most powerful nation on earth. When we thought that the lockdown is going to come from the barrel of the gun, you have shown us that a lockdown can come from something we don't see. How much more if the lockdown is of the Holy Spirit, one we can't see. So we are coming to you, Father, asking you that you may imbue all those who ask with the power of the Holy Spirit, and that your spirit will be in them, that they will move in ways that they have never moved before. They will do things that they have never done before. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that even at this time, those people who are trying to fight this fight that we are in, Father, you give them wisdom, Lord. Countries where they don't have even the hospital beds for ICU. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit instead cover them with the blood of Jesus as you did with the children of Israel during the Passover. We have read about the Passover. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that even now, that Lord, that every house that calls on the name of Jesus, there will be the blood of Jesus on that house, and that coronas or any infection will not get to them. That Lord, Heavenly Father, this angel of death will skip them. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray that you give wisdom to our scientists of today, that they will see and learn how to fight the this. And Father, you are our insurance. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray that you assure healing, Father. And those who don't get the physical medicine that we will invent, Father, we pray that your hand of healing will be upon them, each and every one of them, not just of this sickness and coronas, but Lord, every kind of ailment. Because the Bible says, Father, that Jesus went to each village and he healed them all, whether it's mental illness and addictions of any kind, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let those who are lame walk, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let this lock down. Bring your Holy Spirit in every household, Father. Father, we know one thing. You can't force it because even your disciples, you just said, go to Jerusalem and don't leave. But some of them did leave and they didn't receive the power of the Holy Spirit. But we pray for everyone who asks, Father, that they will receive the Holy Spirit. They will receive this power and understand it, Father. I thank you for the opportunity you've given me Father to be here to tell them about you in the name of Jesus Father I thank you for everything that you do protect us Father protect our families everyone who is listening to this podcast Father protect their family protect their loved ones and Father if it's a leader whether it's in a village a town a city or a country and they listen to this and they call upon your name that protect my people Father that from your throne of grace you will protect protect that nation. Father, protect us in the name of Jesus. Father, we have seen that we are all one. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we glorify you that this battle will be won. That Lord Heavenly Father, people will come to know you. That when they open their doors again, when their leaders tell them, you can now go back to the malls, Father, there will be a different spirit, oh God. There will be a spirit of love. We come against every kind of hatred that has been happening. Because this virus has shown us, Father, that we are all vulnerably the same, that we are the same, that the same enemy we have, the same way Satan is. He is the enemy of every human being without discrimination. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the human race see. Because right now, Father, it doesn't matter whether you are white, it doesn't matter whether you are black, it doesn't matter whether you are brown, it doesn't matter what color you are. Are, what language you speak but father even as we have seen in the scripture that people who were speaking different languages they were all they were all amazed because of the holy spirit that the disciples spoke every language father i pray in the name of jesus that through this this podcast father that lord heavenly father they will understand And the power of the Holy Spirit, that they will see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your mercy in the name of Jesus. Now, my friends, I thank you. Usually at the very beginning of the program, of the podcast, I talk about um, the countries that, uh, uh, that have been downloading our podcast. Some Canadian listeners told me that I, I neglected them, that I never mentioned them. So I'm going to read from my um, system here, if you give me just a minute, and I'm going to tell you where we stand as far as our downloaders. Okay, here we go the countries and I'm gonna read them in the order in which they appear so if you hear your country you can count how many countries how far behind you are or how I'll start with the, the very top okay the top country will come first and oh my god they have taken over again so I'm starting with country number one and going two, three. Oh, I see here Botswana ties with uh, United States for number two. But number one is Nigeria, Botswana and the United States are together. So number two is two countries. Number three is Uganda, India is number four, Liberia number five, Kenya number six, Philippines number seven, Malaysia number eight, Zambia number nine, South Africa number 10, Zimbabwe number 11, Ghana number uh, 12, Niger, Niger number uh, 13, Canada number 14, Cameroon number 15, uh, Spain number 16, Saint Lucia number 17, uh, number 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, those are all, these, are, these countries are all the same um, number. So Lesotho, Malawi, Oman. Oman, Saudi Arabia, Swaziland, Tanzania. Whoa, all these countries downloaded. And that was the order. If you want to hear the order, just play it again. I thank you all. I love you all. And God is good. And I pray for all of you that you'll be healthy, healthy in the name of Jesus. Amen. (laughs)